We're going to go to the book of Romans, chapter 14, and I'm going to read verse uh, 17, and I'm going to read through to 18. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not natural things. It's not about the pleasure of your life. It's not about, you know, the materialism or, the, or your Instagram appearance, right? Um, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. If, we're not over here. We're over here. Does that make sense? It's not about all these things in the natural. It's not about eating and drinking, but of righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. You want to be accepted by God? Serve. Like, do you notice the language? It's really amazing language. It says, he who serves God in these things. She who serves God in these things is accepted by God and approved by men. So when you walk in righteousness, when you walk in peace, and when you walk in joy, you're actually serving God. Did you realize that? You're not just doing something because this is our culture and we need to look a certain way and we need to sound. No, you're actually serving God when you walk in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So when it says when you're doing these things in the Holy Spirit, you're not doing them in your strength. You're not doing them out of striving. You're doing them in relationship with Holy Spirit. You just Have you ever been around someone? And I know this is true for everyone, so you know, you're going to know what I'm about to say. When you're around certain people... And you, you, you are so influenced by those people, you start wanting to talk like them or say the little things they say. You know, that you, you maybe act a certain way. You might even dress a little differently because you see something of how they're dressing and you just like, man, I really like the way you wear those shoes. Where did you buy those shoes? And after that conversation, you're going to buy a pair of those same shoes. And so the same is true if we would walk with Holy Spirit in a relational way. So let's read this again. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, so what that means is you're so connected with Holy Spirit, it's like that friend and you're in covenant relationship with him and you're, 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 you're talking with him and he's talking with you and it automatically, his atmosphere starts influencing your behavior. And you start walking in righteousness, not your own, remember, we're the righteousness of Christ. I'm going to read that in just a second. But we're walking in God's righteousness, not, remember Jesus made a distinction. He talked about the righteousness of the Pharisees. The righteousness of the Pharisees was the Pharisees trying to be good. The Pharisees were trying to do the rules, right? So Jesus talked about the righteousness of the Pharisees. And he said, even if your righteousness was like the righteousness of the Pharisees. It would still look like dirty rags because it's not perfect. That's what he's saying. Their attempt at perfection fails, even if it fails by a little bit. And because of that, it's filthy. So the only righteousness that's pleasing to God is his own. So you can't walk in righteousness that's yours. You have to walk in righteousness that's God's. So we walk in righteousness, peace, and joy in God. That means that we're walking in relationship with him and his righteousness gets on us, okay? His peace gets on us. His joy gets on us. You know, I, just, I love my wife so much 
and I'm just so blessed by her. But one of the things that I really love about my wife is she loves Jesus so much. She is just so, she doesn't care what anyone thinks about her. She just cares what Jesus thinks about her. And I, I was just really blessed today. I was just getting so touched by the presence of God. And, you know, I could hear her because she's just in the other room where we do the worship set. And I was just sitting here getting ready. And, and, and I could just hear she was just getting so full of the presence and the, and the, uh, the, the, the person of God's nature. You could actually hear her, at least where I was from, you probably saw her getting, getting drunk in the Holy Spirit. Okay, just like Acts chapter 2. She, she was getting overwhelmed where she was starting to giggle. And like, you know, she, she's, she's a pretty straight up and down person. But when God's presence starts to touch her, she starts getting so full of joy that she just starts getting drunk in the presence of God. And I don't mean that in a blasphemous way. If you're watching and that's not cultural for you, it is cultural for the kingdom of God. If you read Acts chapter 2, it's very, very evident. Uh, Peter had to say, these men are not drunk as you presume. That means that they looked drunk, they sounded drunk, they appeared drunk. Everything about them looked drunk. And Peter had to actually address the elephant in the room. And he didn't say, hey, these men um, are speaking another language. He said, these men are not drunk as you presume, but they've been filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's to reference the prophet Joel. So, so, you know, my wife just gets so overwhelmed with the presence of God because he loves her and she loves him. And so he comes so much so that it's intoxicating and overwhelming. And it can be in the midst of your most difficult season, the most difficult time of your life, that the joy of the Lord comes on you and you just find yourself at peace and joy, feeling the strength of God's righteousness on you. And you're just like, man, how's this happening? Oh yeah, this isn't me, this is God. And God's strength is made perfect in our right in our weakness, just like we talked about on Tuesday night. So, so let's just read it again one more time real quick. Um, verse, verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, natural things, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. They're spiritual things that, that make you happy. You know, there, there is nothing worse on this planet. There is, look, you can talk about your political things. You can talk about war. You can talk about plagues. You can talk about abortion. You can do all those things. There is nothing worse than a miserable Christian. Because a miserable Christian is someone that claims to know God, but has no presence of Him in their life enough to overwhelm their emotions and overwhelm uh, their, their inner being where they have joy and peace in the midst of personal storms. That's someone that, that claims to have the knowledge of God, but denies His power. Because His power allows you to walk through the valley of the shadow of death with a smile. Come on, somebody. We are those that are made to lean into the storm <laughs> and, you know, be happy when the pressure's on. It's not comfortable. We don't have to like it. It's okay. But we have to allow the presence of God to hit us so much that it doesn't matter what situation, what season, how many rounds of boxing we've been in, there has to be that joy of the Lord, that peace of God, that righteousness that overwhelms us because we are walking in and with Holy Spirit, the person. Not the Holy Spirit, a thing. Holy Spirit, the person. The third person of the nature of God, okay? The, the, the Trinity. And look, I, I'm not going to preach down that road today, but we don't understand, as being human beings on this planet, 
we don't understand the dynamic fully between the Father God, Father God, Jesus the Son, and Holy Spirit. We don't really yet understand that dynamic yet. We know that they are completely in unity and completely three separate. And so we don't fully understand that, but I just understand this. They are good all the time, okay? And they love us, and that we are on the good side of eternity. Amen? Could someone say that? We're on the good side of eternity. So, so with that, I just want to talk a little bit about those three things, just briefly. We're going to have an early service today. I hope that makes somebody happy. But in that, I want to give you a condensed few nuggets so that you can go away over the next few days and really uh, digest these things. Maybe come back and watch this again. Also, just before I carry on, a little announcement. On Tuesday night this last week, um, Pastor Bex and I just did a little shared cry-out night, and we just felt that that was so good. We're going to do that again. We're going to tag team and share and, and preach, and then we're going to pray over everyone and pray over needs. We're all going to pray together right across uh, the different places that are tuning in, everyone that's tuning in from Dwelling Place. So so uh, remember that for cry-out at uh, 7.30 Pacific Standard Time, we're going to be doing that together. Um, so, so let's just talk about these three things, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So let's, if you have the, the, your Bibles again or your apps, please turn to the second book of Corinthians. The second book of Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 21. Second book of Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 21. For he, that's God, made him who knew no sin, that's Jesus, who never sinned, he made him who knew no, knew no sin to become sin for us. That's what happened on the cross. The Father put the sins of all mankind throughout the ages at one time on Jesus. We just talked about that the last few weeks. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That's the Lamb of God. That we purpose, the purpose, so that we, that's you and me, say that's me. Okay, that we might become the righteousness of God. We were just taking communion and we were talking about Jesus shedding his blood and that how when Jesus shed his innocent blood, innocence went out and iniquity came on Jesus. The sin and iniquity of all mankind, all of the evil thoughts and perceptions and fantasies, all of the sin, physical outworkings and the things that people have done and said and orchestrated, all of those things, like I've said before, I don't know if I could even bear someone else's sin, let alone everyone's sin that's alive today, and then let alone on top of that, everyone's sin that's ever lived and ever will live after us. I, don't, I can't even conceive that idea in my mind. And yet all of that sin got put on Jesus in one moment. And I think that's what killed Jesus. I think he died of a broken heart because of the grief of that putting on a person that had never known sin, ever. He'd seen it, but it had never been on him. It had never been in his heart, his mind. He'd never been touched by it. And it touched him, and his heart shattered in two. And so he became sin, who knew no sin, so that we could get the righteousness of God on us. So his innocence, was, was the innocent blood was, was poured out, iniquity was put on Jesus, and the goal was so that you and I could have the innocence, the purity, and the righteousness of God on us. So that when God looks at me, he sees the same caliber of righteousness as he sees on his own son, Jesus. 
and now I'm his son too. Isn't this beautiful? So, so, so righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. When, when it's talking about righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost, I have to understand, even though I'm not called to live at low levels, just carrying on my old life, living sinful, I'm called to strive against sin so that sin doesn't take over my life again. I'm called to be free, not to be a slave again to sin. Does this make sense? So, but with that, even me striving against sin doesn't make me righteous. Jesus' righteousness makes me righteous, and I can only receive that in faith by saying, Jesus, I agree, and I accept. I, 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 I plead mercy, and I thank you, God, that I am now a son, and your righteousness is now my righteousness. It covers me. It's not self-generated. It's gifted. Does that make sense? So, so I am gifted with the righteousness of God. That's, that's the first point. So that this, this, this kingdom living looks like me living under the righteousness of God. It doesn't look like me living under condemnation because of the things I've done. You know, when we hear messages that call out sin, we can naturally veer towards, oh man, I'm, just, I'm, a, I'm a loser, I'm a terrible person, I keep messing up, I've done it again. You know, oh man, I'll never get free. I'm just get, I'm, I'm, God doesn't love me. And it's this, it's this demonic down talking. But that's actually not what that type of message is called for. That type of message is called for us to run to the mercy of God and then stand confidently in the grace of God and the mercy obtaining righteousness. Does this make sense? So, so God doesn't want us to be walking around with our head down. The Bible calls him the lifter of our head. So he lifts our head up, not pushes it down. But when you feel like your head's wanting to hang down, that's the enemy trying to manipulate you so that you don't run to God. We need to shut that up. And even if we have to force ourselves to run to the throne of God, that's where we obtain mercy. That's where we obtain forgiveness. And that's where we receive the righteousness of God. Does this make sense? So point number two, peace. Peace. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. This is, well, this is a beautiful passage for me personally. I love this scripture, and I've, I've talked about this scripture a couple of times this year already. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. This is a prophetic word. I think I actually referenced this on the um, Easter Sunday. So uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Remember, God gave his only son. That's what that scripture means. He didn't, it wasn't, Jesus wasn't, they, no one took his life. Jesus gave his life. No one would have been able to kill Jesus. He, he was sinless. You can't, you can't kill that. So he, he wouldn't have been able to die any other way, I don't believe. So for unto us the son is given, and the government or the ruling authorities will be on his shoulders. Symbolically, shoulders always mean in the, in the, in the scriptures, Shoulders always mean government, okay? If you're into prophetic symbology, shoulders always mean government. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So Jesus doesn't just bring peace. He is the Prince of Peace. You see, and so a lot of the times, you know, when you, when, when, when you see Jesus at the end of his life, I mean, I, I love this hallmark of God. God has this uh, character trait that he's wanting you to know that he's with you. He tells Abraham, I'll never leave you or forsake you. That's what he tells him. 
Jesus tells his guys right before he ascends, and I'm with you even to the end of the age. I'm, I'm with you. See, he's saying the same thing that, that Father God said to Abraham. Can you, can you see that? And actually, it's very interesting because when Abraham walked, was in the tent with Sarai and God walks up to him, there was actually three men. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's, that's what I'm proposing to you. So, so, so God has this amazing way of saying, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you always. And so it doesn't matter what situation you're in. Jesus is sleeping in the bow of the boat. Now, the problem is, is that the disciples hadn't fully clicked on to how awesome Jesus was and who God really was in Jesus, the person of, the person of God, Jesus. And so Jesus was with them. The problem is, is they just didn't use his authority. So they, they didn't understand that they had power and authority. He had made, made it really clear to them at the very end before he ascended. All power and authority has been given to me. I now give it to you. Everything you saw me do, you can do it. I've given you everything. So it doesn't matter if you get thrown in chains. It doesn't matter if you're in the middle of a, of a sea and a storm erupts and it looks like everyone's going to die. You have the authority. Because of that, you can walk in my peace. Because nothing can touch you. We have to really believe that you'll, you know, take up your your trample uh, serpents and scorpions. You'll take up drinks and they won't harm you. You'll take up deadly things; they'll by no means harm you, right? So there's this whole idea we have to fully understand and not be like the disciples when Jesus was in the boat and they were freaking out, thinking they're going to die because He's with you always. Is someone getting this? Because because we have to really, really capture this idea that Jesus has literally told us, firstly, he's never going to leave us or forsake us. Secondly, he's given us all his power and authority to use, which means that we can walk secure in the peace of God through Holy Spirit, not stressing and freaking out on every little shadow that pops up or every little movement. Have you ever been out in the, out in the, out in the forest or the outdoors at night and there's no lights anywhere near you know, you, you start looking at anything that moves. I like to go into the outdoors. And if you're, not, if you're not careful, your mind will start playing tricks on you because anything that moves is now a wild animal. You know, um, I, remember, I remember a story uh, probably about three, four years ago. I was up in the Colorado Rockies. It was the middle of the night. It was like 1230 at night. My, my friend had shot a very large deer and there's lions and bears up there. And we had to um, get into this area to extract this deer. It was well after dark. We had to extract this deer so that the, so that the wild animals, uh, bear and lion, there's grizzlies up there, there's, there's big bear, um, they didn't get to this animal. And, and uh, I, I don't think I've ever told anyone the story, so this is fresh, okay? And we, we go in and they brought a quad bike as close as they could legally get the bike to uh, where, this, where this deer had fallen. And they took, the deer was so big they had to take it in sections um, and to guard the carcass and also because I wasn't able to get on the bike back out of the area, they took the animal that they, the part of the animal that they could, we were, we were meat hunting, and they took it back to camp and I had to stand in that, by that carcass. Now this is below zero, it's like snow, snowing at any given moment, the wind is strong, Okay, I'm, I'm standing up at this very high area and there is a tree line about 100 to 150 feet away, okay, of, of, of forest. And it's the middle of the night, I've got a headlamp and um, it's very, very quiet. There's no one around you, you'll scream, no one's going to hear you, okay. It's very dark. 
Now, they'd gone, they were about an hour to an hour and a half away return trip. So I was just standing out there praying in tongues, it was cold, and I saw these two big red eyes. And, and it was a bear, okay? I think they were red, I can't remember, it was, it was a few years back, but these two big eyes and it was a, it was a large bear. Now, you have to understand, bears can kill you in a few seconds, okay? It's, they're, they're extremely fast runners, and I'm just, I, hope, I hope someone's enjoying We've just gone over to the animal planet for, for a second, okay? National Geographic for just a second. But, you know, bears can run incredibly fast. You can't outrun a bear, and they'll kill you in seconds. And so this bear literally was looking at me it could smell the carcass it's it's a predator it's an apex predator it's not going to back down to, to fresh meat okay so i was standing there and and in between me and the bear and i didn't have terror come over me at all so you i was walking in relationship with holy spirit and i have been given all power and authority that means that animals the wildlife are subject to the authority that god's put on my life so i looked at the bear and I stretched my hand out. Now, this might sound funny to you, but I'm telling you, if you want to be in that situation and give me your opinion, then I'm welcome to watch what you do. And I'll let you go first. So I put my hand out and I shook and I started praying in tongues. And I commanded that bear to go home. And that bear stood up and he must have been 11, 12 feet on his hind legs. He was a very big bear. Okay, This bear stood up on its hind haunches. And I could see him looking at me. I could barely see the shadows, but I, I had my headlamp on. I knew what he was coming. I did happen to have a, a large weapon on me, so I would have been able to take care of myself. But that wasn't the route I was hoping to go because I wanted that bear to go home <laughs> and not have to deal with that. But I just want to, I know this might sound like a strange story, but it's a real story. And it really happened. And so, you know, I pray, I was praying in the Holy Ghost and I said, you bear, you listen to me. I'm God's son, go home. And that bear stood up on its back haunches, and then it stood back down again, and it came back on its hind, up on its hind haunches again because it was trying to check me out and figure out if it could get away because it could smell the meat. Incredibly good sense of smell. Bears do not turn up fresh kill. They do not. They come for the kill. It's their right. But this bear went down, he turned around, and he walked away. Okay? Now, that was a good moment for me. I'm still here to, to tell the story. <laughs> but, but my point is this. You can walk. Animals, if you've ever ridden horses, animals can sense your fear. And if they sense fear, they automatically assume dominance. And so we've not been called. Adam was given authority over all the creeping things on the earth. Remember the, the birds of the air, the, the animals of the ground, the fish of the sea. Adam was given authority, and that's what I now have. That's what you have. And so we're called to walk in peace, not fear. And so I had that moment of fear so, so I had that moment where fear could have got a hold of me because, you know, if you've watched enough wildlife movies, you understand that that's a very real, natural kill for a grizzly bear. And so I, I just had that moment and I watched the peace of God over my life increase the authority. Because if you're walking in peace, you don't need to shout, you can just speak. See, sometimes we think that volume increase means that we're stronger. But when you're standing in the peace of God, you can whisper, peace be still. And everything has to shift. And so I just wanted to share that little story. I wasn't planning on sharing that story. So it was a little, you know, it was a little rustic. But I, I hope that you understand that this is something we live. This is not a theology. I didn't get this in theology school. 
I got this in walking with Jesus. And I want you to get this in walking with Jesus. I don't want you to have an intellectualism religion. I want you to have a relationship with God where you are able to walk this out in your personal life. And it might not necessarily be a grizzly bear. I've had a couple of encounters with bears in my life. And, and you know, that, that's, that's just something, that's wildlife. But sometimes for us, most people aren't going to have that opportunity. And I pray that you don't. But maybe it looks like other things. Maybe it looks like financial crisis. Maybe it looks like health stuff. Maybe it looks like just, you know, nightmares and night terror stuff. You know, maybe it looks like different things that have been messing with you. Fears about, you know, social relational stuff. Fears about, am I ever going to get married? Is my marriage ever going to get healed? doesn't matter what those things are. We're called to walk in peace. See, the kingdom's not about eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and we're about to go to joy in just a second, in the Holy Spirit. We're called to walk with Holy Spirit in such a way that we start taking on his culture. See, I didn't have that culture because I'm a strong dude and I can stand and look at a, at a grizzly bear and not be terrified. I had that because I have a friend whose name is God who made that grizzly bear. You see? And he's my father. And so because of that, I'm able to stand in peace and command his creation because I have that as a birthright. You see what I'm saying? I just want, I want someone, even if it's one of you watching this right now, I want someone to tap into this where you start to understand, oh yeah, like peace isn't just me feeling good. Peace is actually a place where it doesn't matter where things are at. I can calmly have a sound mind and have authority over the atmosphere of my life. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's let's carry on here. Joy. We were just having a whole bunch of joy. I'm sure a lot of you were getting touched by the presence of God uh, during worship, like I was just commenting on before. My wife was just taking us to a beautiful place in Jesus. So, so uh, let's go to joy and, and look at joy a little bit. Psalms chapter 51, verse 12. Psalms chapter 51, verse 12. Restore, this is David speaking to God, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. God's not stingy, we were talking about before in the offering. God's not cheap. God's not, you know, um, lack-minded. He's not poverty-minded. So restore to me the joy of your salvation. Did you notice that David didn't even say, restore to me the joy of my salvation? He said, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Salvation means rescue and restoration. Rescue and restoration. God is looking to rescue you from who you are and restore you to who he is. That's why when I hold up the wine and the bread, it's like Jesus let his innocent blood spill so that he could give us innocence. So rescue from your, your filth and sin and restoration to his innocence and forgiveness and purity and righteousness. Isn't this beautiful? Okay, so then let's go to the book of Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. I like this. It's very, very well known passage, but not a lot of people read it in context. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet. Now you're like, hang on a minute, you just told me that the kingdom is not about eating and drinking. Yeah, well this is a, this is a different passage here. So let's just, let's just talk this through. Eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions to those uh, for whom nothing is prepared. Now, with that, before I carry on, please make sure that there's no one in your, in your life or your circle, whether great or little in your eyes, 
that that is struggling with with uh, finances or food or supplies and provisions right now. Let's be a gateway or a doorway for provision and blessing. Let's look at how we can help people in our community. Let's look at how we can help people. Uh, maybe that we don't even necessarily like a whole bunch, but maybe you giving someone a loaf of bread or some or some a cake or some supplies, some food, maybe a meal. Maybe that will cause them to soften to Jesus. So let's use this time greatly to kingdom advantage. Amen. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. For this day is holy to our Lord. You know, oh, well, you know, we're in this really terrible, I know I was been speaking to a few different people at different, different places around the globe. And there's a lot of heaviness. There's, there's a lot of people very downcast, even believers. And, you know, that's not who we are. Because remember, we're called to walk in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And, and, you know, so people, people being downcast, I just see that as an opportunity because I'll tell you this, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter who the people around you are, joy is contagious. Joy is very contagious. And if it, like, it's simple, like the world understands us, I think, sometimes better than the church does. That, you know, like they have that little pay it forward things and do something nice for someone else and be on, be kind or be smile to someone on purpose. And it'll, it, it has an ability to be infectious and contagious. And I would say rather than everyone being heavy and downcast and sorrowful, let's just call this a holiday. That's where the word ho holiday came from is holy day. So let's call it a holy day, holiday. Okay. And let's not let sorrow and grief and heaviness overwhelm us. Let's let the joy of the Lord be our strength. See, so, so, so let's go through this again. This kingdom that we're living in is righteousness, right? God's righteousness, not my striving. See, it just takes all of the, <sighs> I don't have to like kill myself trying to look good, okay? Righteousness, joy. The joy of the Lord, or the peace, sorry, righteousness, peace. So peace causes your mind to be at rest. It also causes your mind to be alert where you are able to walk in greater levels of authority. Okay, so God's righteousness, God's authority and peace that guard your heart and mind, we know that. Um, and then the joy of the Lord, which now puts strength in you. Can you see the dynamic here? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. They all come from relationship with Holy Spirit that cause you and I to be strong in God. Amen? So that's that's really what I, I'm just going to land there. It's a very simple message, but I feel it's one that just, the Lord has really, he, he's been speaking the scripture to me out of Romans chapter 14 over the last two, three days, and I just started really paying attention to it, and I just really feel like it was a message for us all today. So, so I really pray that somebody today is just making a little shift in our hearts. Just remember that grizzly bear. Like in the natural, the story I told you shouldn't be a real story, but it really happened. This big giant animal that could have killed me in seconds was standing up, checking me out, getting ready to come at me. When a grizzly bear stands on its hind haunches, it's a very scary thing, okay? But the peace of God, the peace of God, okay? The peace of God on you 
causes you to have a commanding authority. Doesn't need to be a shout, it can be a whisper. Okay, the righteousness of God. Some of us have been struggling lately, feeling condemned, feeling heavy. Now, if your heart's been condemned because you've been doing stuff that's wrong, don't brush it off and say, oh, it's just me feeling condemned. No, well, maybe there is actually stuff there that's making you feel heavy that you need to address with God and repent of and not just go back to it. Remember Jesus with the woman caught in adultery? He said, I don't condemn you, but make sure you go away and don't carry on doing what you're doing lest a much worse thing happens to you. So, so there's this place where we actually, you know, don't live in a place of condemnation, agreed, but also don't live in a place of continual sin. Okay, so we have to get to a place where we put off stuff that's been getting on us or we've been doing or we've been crossing lines that we know deep down in our hearts that we shouldn't. And, and so, so that place where we live in a place of, of not being condemned is healthy. Okay, we, we, we shouldn't be living in a place of condemnation, but we should live in a place of conviction that causes us to hear messages that, man, you know what? I need to deal with that. That needs to stop in my life. Jesus, I invite you in to help me. Because remember, we're doing everything in the Holy Spirit or in relation to relationship to the Holy Spirit. So, so just rounding off, coming back to this place, we really want to walk in righteousness, peace, and joy in relationship to the Holy Spirit. And you're going to watch your life shift. Remember, we talked about righteousness being... The, the righteousness that Jesus has before God now on us so we can walk before God like that without condemnation. The peace of God that causes us to walk in authority and have peace of mind where we're not tormented by all the things around us. And the joy of the Lord, which doesn't come from external things. We know that from a lot of the teaching that I've done uh, in the last year, right? External things are, cause happiness. Internal things come from a place of, of internally generated joy but not generated from me it generated from holy spirit being in me right and so all of those things wrapped up in relationship with holy spirit causes you to be a living pillar of hope to everyone around you where 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 salvation comes cl close to people healing comes close to people deliverance breakthrough darkness being cut off from workplaces and homes and even cities and territories so I bless you in Jesus' name. I pray that someone's got really encouraged today. God's with you. And it doesn't matter if you're walking through a difficult time, a dark period of your life. Just let the righteousness of God come on you. Let his peace start to stop trying to muscle through this season in your own willpower. Willpower can be a very great thing, but it also can be a really bad thing. Because we actually muscle God out of being great for us. And we want him to be the great one for us. Remember, in the Holy Spirit, not in my own strength. In the Holy Spirit. So I just really want to encourage you, let God be great. Let him be your righteousness. Let him be your peace. Let him be your joy. And if you don't have those things and you're hearing this saying, why don't I have those things? Just ask God who gives generously to all who ask without prejudice. Amen. He's not going to do for me what he won't do for you. So I just bless you today in Jesus' name. I pray that you've had a wonderful uh, time just hanging out with us doing church and that your heart's been strengthened and encouraged. Remember, if you need anything or if you need encouragement, please inbox us at the church and we will get back to you as fast as we can. We love you. Remember, Tuesday night, 7.30 for Cry Out. We're going to have a wonderful night. It's going to be awesome. If you've just logged on for the first time, go back and watch some of our previous videos. I know it'll encourage your heart. We love you. Have a wonderful rest of your day.